Sold at 560. 785 the first, 785 the second, be sure. 785, third and final time, sold. The third and final time at £910,000, sold. Welcome to the Allstock Prop Chat. This is the series of podcasts designed to cover the interesting aspects of property. We're going to be covering all sections, starting with the commercial auctions, and we'll go through residential, commercial, and build-to-rent sections as we progress throughout the year. So welcome to this edition of the Allstock Prop Chat podcast. This is going to cover the March 23rd auction. My name is George Walker. I'm partner and auctioneer in the commercial auction team. I'm today joined by two colleagues, familiar faces, I'm sure, to some of you, those who remember the auction room. First of all is Ben Hodge. Hi, George. Thanks for having me. Uh, You might remember me from uh, the auction room asking you buyer surveys questions. Excellent. And my fellow auctioneer, Will Clough. Thanks for having me, George, and uh, certainly looking forward to getting back on the rostrum when regulations allow. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. So, 23rd of March, the anniversary of our first online auction. Uh, Interestingly, we raised double the amount of that day. We raised £54 million against £27 million last year. Hardly surprising last year was a bit subdued, Um, but we built up a really good system this year. And thank you, everybody who's, who's gone with us over the period of 12 months and created quite a positive journey for us. The auction was interesting, dominated by a couple of portfolios, um, Boots and Santander's, which we'll come on to. As always, with an all-stops auction, we had some variety there. We had a really lovely building in Crawford Street, sold for a couple of million quid, um, all the way through to you know, a bank in Musselburgh. And again, we'll go into the, the detail of that later. We all cover different bits of the auction. So Ben, can I ask you to cover your first bit? The shopping centre, Dumfries. Yeah, thanks, George. Um, as you'll be aware, we we sold a, a shopping centre in Coventry in February, in our February auction, and it went very well. On the back of that, we got instructed on the Lawburn shopping centre in Dumfries. This was a, you know, town centre shopping centre with all these sort of household names in it. Good, So good tenant mix. We, we saw some good demand, and this, this sold before the auction, above the guide, with, with some good demand there. So Ben, just run us through the, how much rent was it? Um, number of tenants, that sort of stuff. So the rent roll was around £850,000 and, and you had around 45 units in the shopping centre. In terms of rent collection over the past 12 months, this shopping centre has seen a rent collection of around 80%, which is well above the national average. So this is really quite appealing. Now, obviously, shopping centres inherently, are because they are multi-tenanted, their risk profile generally seen could be seen as a bit lower and Hodgie how um how did pricing on on Dumfries compare with Coventry when you look at it on the net operating basis net operating income it's the standard industry matrix to um to price off um and really between the two centers very similar net initial yield spread between 15 to 18 percent between the two and so we are starting to see a trend emerge so if you, I mean, if you're happy with risk, you know that's quite attractive, isn't it? And if you think the market has has bottomed out, so what's the buyer? Is he a big, big retail buyer? Yeah. So the buyer in this instance, he um he actually specialises in offices, multi-let offices on a national scale. What he's done, he he's decided to to try a different region. He's gone into Scotland, and also a new sector, retail. And um, nothing like going uh, going into the deep end to learn how to swim because he's gone straight for a shopping centre. 
but I think but he's, a, he's a bright, brave chap with a good team around him. Uh, well, absolutely, absolutely. But I think I think this is sort of part of the point. Um, these buyers for this sort of kit, and the same goes for Coventry. You know, they're seeking long-term income uh, return on investment. So, you know, with shopping centres at the heart of many communities, it's a really, really attractive subsector. And we've got a couple more in May, haven't we? So that's interesting. And we have a few more in May. So, Will, something a bit different. I think you were covering some of those banks. I was working on the sale of a portfolio of properties let to Santander. That was on behalf of a major property company. And they range from Truro right up to Musselburgh. I think historically, bank income has been the real bedrock of private investor portfolio. They are on FRNI leases. There are four checks a year. And it's good to see portfolios in the sector come to the auction market again. Evidently, there is a change in consumer banking habits, but this hasn't really had any detrimental effect on investor appetite for the product. Um, we sold just over £12 million worth of assets, 26 sales. The average yield on that 6.8% down to as low as, as 4.8%. And you've got a few more contracts out there, Will, haven't you? There, there's certainly um, some bids coming in for some of the ones that, that still remain, and we'll hope to get a few more of those sold later this week. I think pointing out um, where pricing was strongest, it's not a new story. It's something that we've talked a lot about before is where prospective purchasers see value in the upper parts. That's really drives pricing on. Um, I could pick out the two larger lot size examples. Um, Croydon at 1.65 million or just over that. It's a lovely corner piece there with extensive upper parts. Uh, very much a developer type buy given the location. We achieved 450 pounds a foot for that one. Another one of the larger lot sizes was in Leamington Spa, 1.43 million, a slightly different buyer. It feels more of a family office type buyer, an attractive building, a well-liked town and a popular high street. Uh, but there were upper parts there with, with long-term potential. And again, pricing on that one ahead of £400 a foot. OK, so no immediate plan to develop, but it's always there in the background. It's interesting, I was, I was dealing with the Boots stores. Uh, we did 20 in this auction. We offered 20, we sold, I've just seen actually we've got most of them under offer now. So we did, we sold 16 by the end of yesterday, right across the country, all dated back to a historic lease back in 2005 that Boots did on over 300 stores. Our client bought these uh, two or three years ago and has re-geared the leases on 80%, 85%, I think. Boots have left very few of them. These leases yesterday were between four and nine years left. Really good, solid pieces. Most of them had the upper parts intact. And again, adding a bit of value there in the longer term. I think one thing we picked up and I probably get some stats out of account at some point, but a quarter of the towns were real good staycation towns. And by that, I mean Lou, Hunstanton, Swanage, Kingsbridge, um, where people see these high streets being sustainable. These obviously boots have stayed open uh, throughout the pandemic, but these high streets have been busy. And, and we'll talk, talk about the, the move out of town, out of, out of the centres into these suburban centres or even staycation towns. They are busier. Uh, I know some investors are concentrating exclusively on those towns. And George, I saw in the particulars that you published this time around a lot of the prescription information. Some of the numbers are quite staggering. Um, <laughs> have you seen any any link between number of prescriptions and pricing? I think, you know, it, it's very hard to know. Clearly, these, these this data is publicly available. But in Bridport, for example, 12,500 prescriptions a month. That's a lot uh, of pill packages. And clearly, they're not all being picked up. Um, some are being delivered. It's sort of you know, we invented this, someone invented the phrase clicks and bricks, but, you know, you've got people going to pick up prescriptions. What Boots as a business probably make more money out of is high margin beauty products. So if you go and pick up your pills on a Monday morning, you can buy a couple of 
bottles of shampoo or something, suddenly the business is held. So yes, I mean the the prescription rates were higher in the more distant towns, and in in the in the in the more southeasty towns they're lower. Um, but of course, in in those wealthier towns, uh, they're selling more added value products. So I suppose the the business makes more money. Could be a trade off there. Yeah, it's a trade off. You know, twelve and a half thousand a month. That's a lot of business, and it keeps a lot of people busy. Ben, looking back at your sales, I think you were active in that west. Yeah, absolutely. So just touching upon added value, uh, this was quite a bit busy subsector yesterday in the auction. We sold out a portfolio of vacant banks, as you say, uh, some vacant retail and uh, light industrial units. But touching upon vacant banks, real highlight was in Reading, Marketplace Reading, 17,500 square foot former bank, sold for 2.325 million pounds, reflecting 133 pounds a square foot. So now, this we, was mostly vacant, wasn't it? So mostly vacant. It had a little bit of an income-producing shop downstairs, but majority were, was vacant. But um, this provided a buyer and the buyer the opportunity to come up with, you know, a new scheme. They got a blank canvas to work from. And do you think the um, well, clearly, we have touched on it before. The the new change of use policy um, that came into force last year. Do you think that's had a positive impact on buyers on these sort of stock? Yes, I do. Um, so in September 2020, the planning use class system changed. It got rid of the old sort of uh, A1, 2, 3, B1, D1 and D2 uses, and it bundled them all into a single use class, now known as Class E, Commercial Business and Services. What this done is it's given flexibility to buildings such as Marketplace Reading to be able to change between you know, one use to another. In this case, it will be mixed use. The buyer is looking to, um, to turn it into a bit of serviced offices, a bit of residential and a bit of D1 use, in his case, uh, educational use. So um, it will, you know, a lot of that will come under this single new use class. So but it the takes a bit of, of the, it, the planning risk out of a developer's game there, I guess. Yeah, but I, I think that was, that was the whole point of the the change with the the use class system. It, it was um, it was put in place to try and in, you know try effectively to revive the high street. So it's put in place to increase flexibility for a lot of these buildings so they can adapt to the changing environment. So it's, you know, it's PDR on extension of PDR, which is 2013. It's really made a difference, hasn't it? And it's allowed transactions yeah. to happen quicker and probably at better prices. Interesting that one, Ben. I know that uh, Reading have been on the market since November last year and um, perhaps the market hadn't really adjusted to you know what this opening of use classes could give it it didn't sell then it's obviously sold at a slightly higher price now which is excellent the market has clearly moved on and more optimistic this theme of uh, lots being offered before interesting it probably showed its its head mostly in this building in chepstow a former care home in chepstow fifty-two thousand feet on nine acres is listed no rent's been paid on it um for two years receivers couldn't sell it last year one of the quarter million we put it in the in the book at a lot less um, and sold it yesterday for 1.5. So real result there, it just shows to shake up the market, give a bit of a deadline. And those, the same buyer was competing very hard who had it under contract and paid quite a lot more yesterday. Okay, so Will, away from the high street, um, you're the alternatives guru in the team. Uh, did you pick up anything which is uh, kind of non-retail focused? Yeah, the alternative sector is something we've talked about for a long time now. And I wrote an article on it back in 2018. I think it's probably best described as things you can't do online. It's important to highlight that the 
private investors and portfolio buyers are now much more educated in these sectors than they ever have been. They know how to assess the viability of tenants, etc., and are very comfortable in investing in these different sectors. They generally appeal as the leases are traditionally longer and often index linked in terms of rent reviews. So again, some chance for growth there. Just pick out a few examples from the auction. Philip had numerous funeral directors. Um, lot 20 was in Hedge End near Southampton. Nine years to dignity funerals, fixed uplift on the rent, a flat sublet on an AST, and there's underlying residential value for the site. That went 20% ahead of its guide price and achieved £600,000, which is sub 5% on a yield. Now, looking back, even as far as 2013, um, yields on the better quality funeral directors have always been sub 5%, so there's been no real shift there. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, Chris had a couple of nurseries that were both let to different variants of the Busy Bees Covenant. He put those out a little bit early. Both leases had annual RPI uplifts. Uh, contrasting assets and contrasting yields achieved in Eastleigh down uh, towards the south coast there. This was 10 years unexpired. The tenant wasn't in occupation here and the rent was at £35 a square foot. Now, it looks soft on a yield basis at 9.7%, but when you look at the capital pricing at over £2.1 million, that works out at £340 a foot. So I think that's the barometer on pricing on that one. At the other end of the spectrum up in Bolton, this one was 18 years unexpired. The tenant in occupation paying a rent of just £8 a foot. It's not much. You had nearly 200 bidders for that, didn't you? We had a huge amount of bids for that one. And it's nothing to look at in terms of the bricks and mortar real estate. Um, but it was income that was the driver of competition here. And that achieved 5.6%. And I think all of these three with the fixed rental uplifts or the indexation are a real driver of demand from the private buyer. And I think that probably links to a lot of the convenience stores, George, that we've seen over the, the last 18 months or so. Yeah, and we did uh, 65 or 66 uh, sea stores last year. Most of what we do is at the regions, you know, pubs with car parks and things. But this time, you know, we've talked about added value today. We have one in Staines, which is a relatively decently new lease to co-op, 15 years with kickers at five, just the ground floor of a of a resident development that sold at uh, just better than five percent, four point seven percent, one point five two mil, and also one in uh, Brixton, Tom Hansen's local Sainsbury's with a bus stop outside. Just the ground floor again with a little bit of upstairs ancillary. Nice big piece, no added value, but a straight reversionary 10 year lease to Sainsbury's. Someone paid uh, 4.7% for that 1.942 million in strong competition. And you can kind of see why. You know, it's probably equivalent of an annuity rate. It's been a Sainsbury's for 20 years and it's going to be a Sainsbury's probably for a lot longer. So interesting, a bit dull in many respects, but you know, that sub 5% threshold, it was met and everyone uh, is a winner. So, gentlemen, looking ahead, What's going to happen uh, going forward? We've had a decent start to the year with two good auctions. Ben, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, most looking forward to the 12th of April. It's in my diary. I'm looking forward to having a haircut, finally, and going to the pub, going to my local beer garden. Right, that that leisure sector, well, we haven't seen much of it recently. You and I did a lot of sales in it last summer. It's going to have to have a kick, isn't it? I think it's a, it's a sector that is going to thrive. There's a huge pent-up demand from consumers, certainly to return to them. But also, I think, buyers in the market will suddenly see them as a viable opportunity again when they've been forced to be out of action for most much of the last 12 months. Yeah, clearly, well, we wish the leisure sector well and, and it does deserve an uptick. It's had a miserable 12 months and I hope those businesses that managed to hang on really do um, get get the uptick they deserve. I hit hearsay, but the pub agents 
who are so buying and selling businesses have been absolutely flat out as kind of new capital comes in and try to hoover up um, some out of that, which is interesting. I know weather spins are very acquisitive as well. So the 12th of April is going to be a great day, uh, we think, we hope. It's not here yet. Non-essential retail, Ben's getting a haircut. This town centre, city centre should be coming back to life. Um, so I uh, wish you all well. Thank you for your time this afternoon. My name is George Walker. I've been joined today by Will Clough and Ben Hodge. Please do let us know what you think of the podcast at podcasts at allsop.co.uk. That's on our website. We look forward to your company again on the 7th of May.